welcome again to another episode of the Ball Never Lie podcast. As you guys already know, I'm one half of the host here. I'm the coach. Welcome back, y'all. Luke Foe. I'm here. What up? Yes, sir. And as you guys know, the season's about to tip off. It's around the corner, so we're here for another episode. No, sorry for the as, as you guys know, we got everyday lives, but season's back in, so we will be tapping in more frequently with you guys than instead of just the every now and then with everything back in full full speed. Yes, sir. I'm excited to get to it. So let's let's get straight into it, man. It's a lot to unpack. Season starts tomorrow. Well, when this comes out, it'll probably be that that day, later that day. So I'm excited to talk. Where you want to start at? Hey man, but but before we start real quick, we're gonna start. Let's start with the, the storylines. But while this is on my mind, this is early. I just want to say we gotta give a shout out and a huge salute to our man Showtime. Okay, oh, yeah. Kaylin Crane out there. For those who know, man, this is this is literally like our little brother, man. This family out here. He just got signed to his first overseas contract. So once again, congratulations, salute to you, Showtime, man. Can't wait to see you do big things out there, dog. Go out there, straight kill shit, man. Man, facts. I, I had that in my notes at the end for our little salutes, but man, you right. Salute to our boy. It's a long grind, so I'm happy for him. And while we're here, salute to Katie on retirement, man. Not the NBA Katie, the hood hero Katie. <laughs> so that's our guy, man. Salute to him as well. That, that's that's somebody we gotta go interview. I'm I'm gonna hit him up after this and see, you know, when he's available because. He's been all around the world. You know, he he was on Westchester. He was on the Compton Magic. So he has a lot of knowledge, a lot of basketball in him. And that was the first dude I seen walking around, you know, the city with a basketball in his hand everywhere he was at. So salute to retirement. That's major, man. Man, shout out to KD, man. Shout out to the 90291. Shout out to the Zoo Crew. If you know, you know. But again, man, like like you said, man, he was the uh, a true hooper, man, from the beginning. And he's a, a better dude off the court, man. Got mad love for KD, man. So once again, if y'all know who he is, man, we ain't got to explain too much. Salute to Reem, man. You you put in a lot of work, man. You clocked in. Now you're doing it with the kids as well. So big salute to you, man. Can't wait to see what you got going in the future. And yes, that that interview we will set up is long overdue. Facts, man. So salute to both of those guys. It's, that's major on both parts. But it's NBA season. Let's get to it, man. The storylines is crazy. I mean, we already know you know, what goes on with our Lakers, but just, you know, all around the, the NBA, we can we can talk about DeAndre Aiden and, you know, the coach situation with Monty Williams, the Suns looking depleted. It's just so much to talk about, you know, James Harden taking a pay cut and Philly looking like a bonded team. Will they finally get over that hump? Will Ben Simmons, you know, show up for the Nets? They still are playing iso ball in preseason, but – where do you want to start? Because it's so much, man. Man, we can start. Let, let, let's start in the West where, where where the championship does reside. You know, we do got the Golden State Warriors defending their championship. They are the reigning champs. But we'll keep it up there in the bay, man. Just start with this. And let's address the elephant in the room. And I just want to start by saying this. Draymond really pulled some sucker shit with that punch. All right. Let me man. just first, first and foremost say that. Like, Yes, as a Laker fan, I'm going to laugh at it because it's not our team. But as a man, dog, you can't, you can't come out of another teammate like that, especially because – and just, just to start, start from this point, when, when we first received this story, 
we took it as okay, they it was a, a small scuffle inside the practice, let bygones be bygones. You know, we shake hands and we we go we go about our way. We just continue to go. When that yeah. video came out, I don't think nobody expected that. That wasn't no regular teammate fight. If you've been in the locker room and you've been on the court or even on the field, whatever, in a team, in a team oriented situation, that has never happened. Especially for Draymond, who was on the sideline, to walk over to where somebody else is on the sideline and, and to address that situation, I noticed. I said, okay, that's not a basketball move right there. And then when he did punch him, if you notice, didn't nobody run over there as far as the teammates and players? Jonathan Kaminga turned right around, <laughs> seen Jordan Poole get slipped, and turned right back around to practice and see what was going on in the court. So that told me another thing that this has been long overdue. That was either waiting to happen or teammates saw the 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 tension building up. So that was something that I also took away from it. But again, yeah. man, Jay, I, I don't care what anybody says. Jay, my wrong for that. You don't, you don't approach no other man in that situation. I, even though he addressed his wrongdoing in the press conference, that does have a carryover into the season. I don't care what nobody says. The second they go on, the, on a, a three, four game losing streak and things don't go their way, I want to see how the locker room responds and, and how they bounce back from that. But I want, I want to get your side of things on the situation. What did, what did you think after we saw the, uh, the punch happen? So a couple things, like you said, the Warriors came out with, you know, some cheesy ass story that made us all just turn our head like, oh, they they push each other. It is what it is. It's basketball because we don't really get fights in the NBA anymore. So that's how we all, you know, seen it. And then, like you said, the video comes out and shit, everybody looks bad. The Warriors, the teammates and Draymond, they all look bad because of the lie that they they put out first they if they were gonna they the crazy part is if that video never came out they were not going to address it the way that they the way they should have and that's what's nasty about this whole thing so to see the video to see draymond go to the sideline and pout and then not be okay with what just happened and go walk over there and you can clearly see jordan Poole's looking on the court it's kind of like bro leave me alone like He's he's staring he's staring straight like he's being it's, a it's professional man. It's nasty on all takes, and then the punch happens, and it's not like he you know he just punched him and tried to swear up. It's like you really tried to clean him, like you you tried to knock him out for real. So that was that was a bad thing in itself. And then like you said, none of those teammates except for Andrew Wiggins ran over there. But the thing is, when Draymond went to go pout. You see, there's an old, I don't know who he is, but it was the old white guy that was walking with Draymond. So he clearly knew, you know, either the something, tension was, something big, was going down. Yeah, or this happens a lot in Draymond, you know, whatever. But from, you know, from another standpoint, bro, Jordan Poole's ego is shattered. Like, if we're going to be real, his whole persona is like swag. So once, you know, once that's away and all of social media is clowning you and all that, you're not the same guy. Like, endorsements might not be the same. His life is just different. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it's facts, bro. You, It is. It's, it's like you. everybody has either, like, a persona or they have something they're known for. And once that's shattered, you don't look the same. Like, this is way bigger than D'Angelo Russell snitching on um Nick Young, like, shit like that. It, it's just, like, yeah, he got his money, 
and he probably wouldn't have got 140. But I still don't even think that's enough. If, if I'm Jordan Poole, and I've been saying this since it happened, I've been having an argument damn near every day. But if I'm Jordan Poole, it's me or him. And my agent's going to tell you that. My agent's phone is going to have so many unread messages and missed calls because we're fielding offers. Like, I'm requesting a trade or you're trading him, and it ain't no, I'm not just going to sit back, cool, you gave me 140, that's it. Nah, man. Like, that's not enough money. First of all, I was going to get a lot of money anyways because Tyler Hero just got a bag, and he's a six-man, and I just won a championship. And I'm we a better six-man. We're going to get to that. You feel me? So, like, it's so many standpoints from Jordan Poole's side where he, you know, he does look like the bigger man, salute to him, whatever. But I'm not letting that shit slide. Like, you can tell he's still a little frustrated, but he's being professional. I understand that as well. But, again, that shit ain't sliding. Like, fuck all the little get back and all that. There's a lot of things I, I would say I want to do. But in realistic terms, as soon as that punch happened, there was no shoot around after that. I'm not shooting around smiling and okay. I'm straight in the general manager's office the owner's office, whoever, and we're going to figure this shit out. Fuck the money. My money's still coming regardless. My pride is hurt. You got to do something about it. You trade that man. You get him out of here, or you trade me respectfully. And, I it, like, there's no more to say. And I would have stood on that point. But, hey, we're different. Yeah, I think – I definitely think Draymond's numbers, his days are numbered in Golden State, especially with them signing – Andrew Wiggins to the four-year, $100 million extension himself, as he well deserves, salute to him for that, because he's definitely changed the the trajectory on his career as far as where he was in Minnesota till now. But, but let's just say, let's just move forward in this situation with Golden State. Let's say, okay, Draymond decides to opt into his contract, which he should as for next year because he's receiving about $27.5 million dollars. How many teams in the NBA are going to give him a $27.5 million right now at this point, at this stage of his career, at 34 years old, and for someone who doesn't average double-figure points? It's not coming around. So he's going to opt into that contract as a smart businessman would. So now that puts the Golden State's luxury tax over $500 million. Now, we, we know, we, are, we heard Joe Laker say it doesn't matter. He's going to pay the tax. Hey, man, after a while, you ain't going to keep putting up with all that tax money. I don't care what he says, because then guess what? Now you got to eventually pay Jonathan Kaminga. You got to pay James Wiseman. You got to pay Moses Moody. Guess what? Clay is going to want big money when his set, when his um, time come back around. So if we're, looking, if we're being smart about this, I'm pretty sure this may be Draymond's last year before we see him sent off somewhere else. But I just want to say it's funny you said that you brought up how Draymond pretty much has a damn shadow at practice, and that's a damn shame. Yeah, bro, and here's the thing, right? On 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 Draymond's standpoint, he did lose a lot of money. He probably could have, like you said, you made a good points, but realistically, somebody would have gave him some more money just to prime away. So that could have happened, but this punch, True. now that hurts True. his market, and that's the only reason, this is my theory, and I know, you know, it's crazy, but I think the Warriors leaked that video. I truly do. They've been tired of Draymond. You've heard all the talk about it. You've heard about how they're tired of his antics. You know, he loses them, you know, important games. He has, you know, these type of scuffles. Maybe not fights, but he has these scuffles. He rubs people the wrong way. I truly think they leaked that video. And then 
what doesn't help Draymond's point is everything that happened leading up to the punch is exactly what we already knew Jordan Poole for and exactly what made him Draymond's rookie. Draymond, even on his own podcast, was bigging, you know, Jordan Poole up and guys were telling him, like, hey, you should check him. And he's like, for what? Like, this is what you're supposed to do. So he loved what Jordan Poole did until it happened to him, which is corny. And it's on record. It's, you know, it's not he say, she say. It's literally on record. So Draymond looks crazy on every standpoint. But I really, I do think the Warriors leaked that video for sure. Hey, I'm going to say this, man. You're not too crazy for that, for, for saying that. Like, as, like, thinking about it now, we still haven't heard of anybody being fired or reprimanded in this situation. So that's definitely something to, like, think, like, to keep in the back of your head because exactly. for this and they video to come out. Exactly, man. For this video to come out and no one from the, the Warriors, as far as players, Steve Kerr, they never said, hey, you know, like, this person's been – been um, disciplined for their actions. We haven't heard any of that. All we heard was was Andre Iguodala talk about this family business, and guess what? <laughs> the family business got aired out. So now we all know. Boom! Like for real. Like I don't know, man. It's it's crazy to see. I think that video, you know, that holds a lot of weight more than people think. A lot of people, and I've talked to a lot of people. They they kind of just throw that under the you know the table, but. That's bigger than a lot. Like, 10 years from now, especially after those two contracts, we can say he broke up a dynasty because we thought the Warriors' dynasty was over and they somehow, you know, got better. And now, possibly, Draymond might be done. He could be gone from the Warriors. And this could be a major story. Like, Jordan Poole won't have to deal with him anymore. So it's not like he has to keep a professional. We might hear, you know, more to the story. And we might hear more shit that Draymond's done in the past who other people let slot. So I don't know, man, this, this is big. It's crazy. I, I still think they're going to be good, but man, like you said, I don't think they're going like four game losing streaks, but let's say they down like 15. We see them arguing on the sidelines. Like we've seen that happen in games. So I don't know. This could be major. Uh, definitely, man. It's, it's something we got to keep our eye on towards the season, just with, with the season being a marathon itself. But we also, too, got to take it down to, I, I want to say, Phoenix as my as another storyline. It ain't going too so well down there in, in the Valley, man, as, as they like to call it. I mean, we got we, we already know the situation with Robert Sarver. That that team is now being in the process of being sold, as it should be. Um, we've seen Jay Crowder all of a sudden say he ain't taking a backseat to Cam Johnson. So yep. he's sitting out while he's waiting for a trade partner. And and I'm, I'm also get to, I think, Drake, Jay Crowder's impact on the team. But then also, mm-hmm. too, DeAndre Aiden, yes, he, he says that him and Monty Williams have, have made up. But when we watched them play, if anybody has watched them over the course of the preseason, they have definitely taken a step back in that locker room as far as rather if it's a trust thing, a chemistry thing, something doesn't look right about that. And, and I'm going to be honest, man, I don't think, I don't think Phoenix will be a top a top four seed in, in this upcoming season. And then also, too, as well, just to add to that, and I know a lot of people are going to feel some type of way about this, Chris Paul getting older, man. We heard we heard Pat Bev called McCone out there. And let's be honest, he kind of looks like one out there. He's not that same Chris Paul that we're used to seeing. And, yes, you could say it's the, it's, it's the, what is it, it's the preseason, but 
let's go back to the postseason where, where what was it? Dallas dog walked him and they walked him down and they exposed him for what he no. is now. No, that's a fact. And what's crazy is I truly believe, I know you said not a top five seed. I don't think they make the playoffs and we'll get to that later. But Man, like here's my here's my problem, right? If y'all say Cam's a starter and that erupts, you know, Jay Crowder to go ask for a trade, why didn't y'all extend Cam for his rookie contract? Why is he now gonna become a restricted free agent? It's moving backwards and it doesn't make sense to me. It's very ass backwards. And I said the same thing when I looked up and seen, oh, Cam didn't get an extension. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and, and he could have got one of them small ones that Nasir Little got. Like, Nasir got four years, 28. You could have based it around that. And I know, you know, there's a deadline, so maybe y'all didn't know what he was going to get. But, I will, you know, you the Suns could have gave him at least four years, 40 million, and nobody would have batted an eye. Nobody would have went, like, what the fuck? Because he's, you know, he's proven enough to at least get 10 a year, especially the way the NBA looks. Like, 10 a year is basically – you know, two or three, like, seven years ago. So it don't look that bad for a guy you named your starter at Power Forward, even though he's going to be dog food there. But if this is your starter, a starter should be getting, you know, a couple M's. I'm, I'm not worried about that. Like, nobody would have went crazy or said they overpaid. It would have just been, oh, that was a bargain. Cool. But they didn't get that, and maybe Cam wasn't accepting that. But if you do that and you change your locker room, and one of your biggest vets, your most impactful vets, has an issue with it, you got to stand on that point. You can't run and hide and, oh, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to match offer sheets now. Like, y'all just went through that with, with DeAndre Aiden. And how did that pan out? How do you <laughs> Come make on, the same man. mistake? <laughs> like, that's confusing to me. How do you make the same exact mistake that just happened this offseason that made your team look terrible? Man, beats me. Uh <laughs> As much as, as people want to talk crazy about the Lakers, we ain't doing no ass backwards shit like that. So I, that's one thing I can at least sit back with my team and, and be happy about. Is that we just ain't doing no 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 weird shit. Just be doing it, or just be stringing people along. Just to do it. Yeah, I mean, shit. This like it, <laughs> I really don't get it. And I'll be trying to like look at it, kind of understand. And it's just like there's no way you can justify it. Like, no way, unless you say that Cam purposely didn't want the money at all. But then if he didn't want the money, that means you guys clearly lowballed him because if you're a starter, and this is a team that drafted me pretty high, even though I was supposed to go way lower than that, I'm pretty sure he'd be cool with the money. And I just got named a starter. Like, I'm sure he would be cool with whatever because damn near every rookie signed. But him, Baisley, and, uh, well, Hunter, Hunter signed late. But it's like most of the important rookies that are starters or impactful on their team signed. So why wouldn't he? I, I, I just don't get it. And the crazy part is we, we give credit to our guy, James. But if if he's fucking up, we got to, you know, we got to hold him accountable, too. And we'll get there. But that's just crazy. Yeah, man. Phoenix, Phoenix is definitely in some turmoil that they got to find themselves out of because you're not too far off from – from them not making playoffs, especially being in that West with everyone getting better and pretty much upgrading. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, well, good luck to them. <laughs> I mean, I wanna celebrate, you know, them being bums because everybody knows 
with everybody healthy, which is damn near impossible, I understand, but healthy, the Suns is just not, they, they were never those guys. It was just a, not even a Cinderella team, but it was just a lucky team. Like, salute. Y'all got lucky. But <laughs> look what happened. Has Cameron Payne been close to that guy he was then? Fuck no. <laughs> like, even even Cam, like, to me, I don't know why they started Cam, but even Cam, like, he hasn't looked the same. Michael Bridges hasn't looked the same. Chris Paul's getting older. Devin Booker is just content with being who he is and hasn't improved. Like, he improved. He, he got, it's like, to me, he got to, a minus, and then just said, "Oh, I got an A. I'm cool." Like he oh, didn't keep going. I'm gonna stop you right there because this is something that I want that I've been wanting to say about him, and this is and this is nothing to him. But is it just me, or I don't want to say he's maxed out as a player, but you kind of brought up he hasn't gotten any better since Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton have joined him. Like, yes, yeah. they've had more team success, but. We've already known that about Devin Booker's, okay, when can he be a leader? When is he going to step up and be that leader? When is he going to be that guy? This is, yeah. what, their third third year now? He got to take that step as far as, hey, I'm the guy. I'm going to lead us to this land, to the promised land. Because we've seen him try to act a fool in game five. Come game six or seven, his ass was a no-show when, when Phoenix needed him the best. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I got a hot take with, with – you know, another shooting guard just like that. And I'm going to just get it out the way. So I don't, I don't use it during our, um, our standings and rankings or whatever, but it, it applies to Devin Booker too. Zach Levine, man. <laughs> I, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I think that he has maxed out as a player as well. And I'm going to tell you why. I think he came into the league as an athletic guy and that's kind of all he was known for. Like, yeah, he could score but he was an athlete. He wasn't really a skilled hooper. I think he got too deep into the bag of skill and has, he hasn't lost his athleticism, but he doesn't, it's not a, it's not a well mix. It's one or the other. It's never like combined. If that makes sense. Like his skill level has gotten there, but his athleticism kind of dropped him. Like his, his burst of speed, him dunking over people, you know, just get into the hoop when he wanted it's like he tries to focus too much on his on his skill set and it's hindered him in other aspects, if that makes sense. And I think because of that and then what's surrounded by him, he's maxed out as a player as of right now. And it sucks to say it because I really, really like him as a player, but I think he's maxed out. Hey, man, what's crazy is I thought Zach Levine could be a top five player of his draft class when, when he was first drafted. And I'm still holding on for that hope because what you just said of that athleticism and, and skill from what he's shown us. But you're right, man, with the injuries and and everything going on around him too, he's kind of being stagnant right now. And like you said, we don't want to catch these players that they can't get better, but it's they're kind of stuck in mud right now. And there's a few guys that's like that in the league. I was about to say, there's another guy over there in Brooklyn Ben Simmons, man, I, I've seen enough. I don't need to keep seeing it, new teams, new atmospheres. I'm seeing it in the preseason. Guys don't take the preseason serious, cool. But some guys do, and you could tell who's going to be good, and you're able to call it. And that's why everybody be shocked midseason. But in that preseason, man, he's doing the same exact thing he was doing with Philly, and it hinders them on offense. And the only reason it's a little better 
is because you have two of the best ISO players to ever play the game. So it looks a little bit better. But when it's time to really look, it's not going to look good. And I'm telling people now, they're not going to make it where y'all think they are if he continues to play like this. And that's on coaching, too. Y'all got to put him in better spots. Y'all's in, you know, Brooklyn. But, man, he's – like, I don't think he scored higher than six points. And that's that's bad for a guy that's 6'10 and pushing the pace. Like, th- this is Ben Simmons we're talking about, a guy that can easily get 10, 10, and 10 damn near by halftime. So I don't want to see two points, four points, two points, six points. That's unacceptable. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, you guys are trying to force him to be a shooter. It's not about being a shooter. Post up. You're 6'10. Call for the ball in post. You have Kyrie Irving. He's another point guard. There's no reason you could say, oh, I'm just a passer and a rebounder. No. Be more aggressive as a player, or I'm just going to have to say the same thing. You've maxed out as a player. We've seen the best of you. And I I really – I'm comfortable with saying that because now guys' primes aren't in their 30s. This isn't back in the day. These dudes' primes is 25, 26, 27. And that's just being real. If we look at the NBA right now, damn near the whole top 10, other than LeBron and – you know, maybe AD or James Harden, if you put them there, the whole top 10 in the NBA or Jimmy Butler, those three guys is the only exception, but the top 10 is mostly 26 and under. So that's the new prime. So if that's his prime, then we just got to be real about it. We can't keep coddling him like he's 17 still. Cause he's not. No, nah, man, that's, that's definitely a fact. Like it's fun. Like I said, people move the goalposts. We said this before. People like to move the goalposts when they just want to, discuss certain players and talk about different players. Nah, man, you got to hold everybody to that same standard, whatever that standard is, because I clearly don't know what people are, are judging players off of nowadays. So all I got, all I know is with the eye test, you don't have to show me no numbers, man. And from the eye test from the last couple of years, especially like you said, from Ben Simmons, what we've seen from this preseason. Mm-hmm. And like the kids say, it seems like he hasn't understood the assignment. He hasn't gotten the assignment, and he's having, <laughs> he's having trouble with the assignment either. He said, I ain't doing this shit, or I need major help now. So it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how, how Brooklyn maneuvers because, again, on paper, they got a roster that can compete with any team in the East. It's going to be hard to stop a team with KD, Kyrie, Seth when he's on fire, when he's in that mode. And with a defender like Royce O'Neal, who's going to bother someone? I'm not going to say he's a shutdown defender, but I'll give him his props. He's going to bother players and, and, and get in the players' chest. But mm-hmm. Ben got, Ben's that, that kind of missing piece that gets you over the hump. And if he's somebody, again, who, who just looks to just attack downhill, we're not saying you need to score 16, 12, and 8 a game. But if you could give me 12 points just based off effort, and I'm talking about second-chance points, rim running, just doing those little things and knocking down a free throw every now and then, if you can shoot 70-plus percent from the free throw line, Brooklyn's going to be hard to stop when we when we talk about Ben Simmons in that situation. And again, he shouldn't have to think about, oh, I, I he does have to live up to the standard of being LeBron James 2.0. That shit is out the window. He'll never be another, he'll never be a LeBron James. So I hope that's out of his his realm of thinking. And he just gets back to playing basketball. Yeah, and I, you know what's crazy? I'm really thinking about this. I want to ask this question. Do you think Giannis has spoiled us as NBA fans? And I mean it as in he's probably one of the last guys that we've seen in the last couple of years that have come in as, like, really raw talent and changed everything about his game. 
like has gotten better in every aspect of his game. Do you think we're spoiled by him, or is there more guys that have done that? I don't think I would. I would say this: we're not spoiled by it. I think there's just not a lot of people who just are willing to get better and put in the work anymore. Like when you have that mentality, like let's just say Giannis. I would say this: we haven't seen a player work like that with that type of work ethic since probably Kobe. And let's be honest here, and not and we're not talking about we're not saying these other players don't go out here and work hard, but we see the the improvement in Giannis's game noticeably every year, every season, how he gets better at something, rather if it's free throw shooting, rather if it's him attacking the basket, rather if it's it's handled, rather if it's him just continuing to get stronger. Every part and facet of the game, little by little, he's gotten better at. And we don't see that nowadays from a lot of players either because they're stuck in their own ways. They, no matter what it is, the game, uh, the game could be tailored to their style of play to where they feel as if they don't have to get better. Or, and, and, and you know what? I'll even go back and say another statement. I will, I will put Steph Curry in that same group as Giannis as far as getting better because after they lost that finals and we've seen Golden State kind of take a little stumble before they got back to the top. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't see Steph Curry at this level where he is. He's, he's someone that's gotten better throughout his years now. No, but see, he's gotten better with the things he was already good at. I mean, more like, like, cause we're talking about Ben Simmons. If you, if you can't figure, you, you get what I'm saying? He still can't yeah. figure out that you can rim run the whole game and be okay. And like you can be all right. <laughs> like the East is, you know, it's not really many tall guards. Like there's a couple bulky guys that might bump you a little bit, but you're about to go against mostly Malcolm Brogdon, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, uh, Kyle Lowry, which he probably they probably won't put him on, or they might because he's a guard. Tyrese Maxey. Exactly. Freaking um, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell and Fred Van Fleet. Like, you get what I'm saying? It's it's no nobody right there other than we didn't even mention Drew, but nobody right there should be able to stop you downhill or in the post. They should have to send a double or they should have to do some type of mismatch where they have their small forward guarding you. You are one of he's just like Katie. You're one you're one of the biggest mismatches on the court at all times. No matter what position you play now, if, if they put you at center, that's probably the best thing possible for you. Cause you should be blowing past every center. You should bring them up to the top and blow past them every time. You're surrounded by none but shooters. So y'all could literally play a five out. Even though that'll be nasty basketball, but whatever to fucking help you, that should be the key right now. Because clearly you're important to this team. I don't see why, but you are. And it, like, I don't know. It just, it's so frustrating, bro. It's so frustrating. Especially for you, man, because like I said, you, you, you've been a Brooklyn stand since, since day uno. So... Man. I, I know it's getting tough over there, man. But but let me just say this as, as a side note. I really hate the five-out offensive set ever since just travel basketball. I've taken that shit out of my offensive playbook at this point. I don't even care if the players want to run it. I'm like, no, we're not running it. I'm it's sick and nasty tired of that five-out, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm tired. Like That shit came from players, 2K. <laughs> 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 that shit makes me mad. That's all they run in 2K, and that's where a lot of kids got that from. Like, oh, that's good basketball. Like, no, it's not. Moving uh, off the <laughs> ball is better basketball than standing in two corners and in two wings. Like, that's never like, good I, basketball. I've, I've told our team, man, listen, if I see y'all run a five-out set, the whole five is coming out. I don't care. 
like I don't care who it is. This we got we're gonna learn to grow our IQ, especially it's before our season start through the fall leagues and preseasons we've been playing in. We've been staying away from five out and we stayed away from zone. I'm saying y'all gonna learn how to guard somebody and you're gonna improve your IQ on the offensive side and learn how to move and cut and set screens off ball. Man. But you know we talked enough about these storylines, and that's gonna lead straight into you know our standings. So let's let's start with the East. What what you got the East looking like? Man, as far as the East goes, I think it's gonna be another great battle again. We're gonna see some teams either go up or down the standings. I would say, and this is how I see the 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 top ten pretty much overall. The, the seedings don't really matter to me at this point. The teams that we know will be at the top, of course, I'll list at the top first. Um, Milwaukee, we know that's going to be there towards the end. Uh, who else we got? That's that's one team. I got Miami. I think they'll be in there also again. I also think with, with Miami, I think we see it. I see Victor Oladipo taking another step in his game, which is why he's the he, he'll be the starting two guard for Miami. And then also, too, as well, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they if they trade somebody to to get better, rather if it's a Duncan Robinson, because honestly, if you give Tyler Hero 130 million, what are we giving Duncan Robinson 90 million for just to shoot a basketball? So, I think eventually Duncan Robinson would get moved, but that's here or there. Um, number three, I got Philly. I think Philly, like we said, man, the the only person who can stop Philly's success Doc is Rivers. the person. Is Glenn Rivers, baby. He is the only person who can stop Philly from fully succeeding to where they could potentially go. And then if they don't, he will find a scapegoat before himself. So everybody, we've seen this episode before. Get ready to just press just press rewind and just enjoy the show. All right. But that's another that, that's the third team I got. Um also I'll put Boston in there. I think Boston, they're gonna make the playoffs with the roster constructed. They've gotten better, but again, we know Emmanuel Doka's not there. We're not. I'm not going to touch into that situation again because I think there's way more and a lot more that hasn't came out about that that we're not going to know about. So it is what it is. We'll touch on that when the time is right and when that all services back up. Because let's be real, Emmanuel Doka's not coaching no more in Boston. When after he officially gets fired, and we'll we'll go through that that whole situation. So. Boss is up there for me. Um, I think Cleveland. I think Cleveland will step in and be a top five team this year, especially with um, who am I there right now with Chicago, them not having Lonzo Ball ready for season starts. They're kind of in limb too with their team as far as just the positioning goes and who plays where. It can get pretty nasty in Chicago. So I got, I have the, the Cavs as a as a top five seed at number six. I'm going to put Atlanta in there. I, I really like that backcourt of DeJounte Murray and Trey Young. And I say that because DeJounte really takes a load off of Trey Young, meaning he Trey Young can now just roam free as far as being the offense. He doesn't have to always be the table setter. You have DeJounte who can now set that table for you. He's now going to be able to guard the best player, the best perimeter player as far as the guards go on the other side of the basketball. And now he's also someone who could be that table setter for Trey Young. And, and now that just opens up your offense because now you put Trey Young just moving off the ball. It can get pretty scary over there and exciting for Atlanta. And I think also, too, with Atlanta, 
I wouldn't be surprised if if they trade off of Clint Compella after they decide to give um and Onyeka his his rookie extension, which is well deserved. I like him as a player. I can see them starting to move off that Clint Capella a little bit. So let's see what happens in Atlanta. We got to see how they start off and and, and play their way through the season. Um, number seven again. I got Toronto. I think Toronto will still be there again. I think everybody takes another step. I think Pascal Siakam, him being healthy for a full season, I think that really helps them and, and them with the start out of the gate as far as how far they can go. Um, and then also, too, I think OG Ananobi, I think he finally takes that step to where we see him now become become one of those guys where we got to start paying, paying a little bit more attention to him as a two-way player instead of just him being someone who's a jack-of-all-trades but now someone who's now putting his game on front street and then also love Scotty Barnes as well. I think he's going to be a, a better scorer. He's already a, a pretty good all around player. So I think his game just continues to elevate um, at the, at the AC right now, I would say I'll, I'll give you Chicago right now only for the respect. I got wait, for. wait, wait, <laughs> wait, I, I think I'm miscounting, but are you, are you saying Brooklyn's out the playoffs right now? You know what? I totally <laughs> forgot Brooklyn. Oh, but, I was like, damn, this is a hard take. I love <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Brooklyn's going to make it. I I actually think they're going to be a lower seed. I don't know where, but I, like, until Ben Simmons can prove and show he can be somewhat of a basketball player, I, I think they're going to have troubles of figuring out what to do and and how to figure out and figure out a lot of the situations with him being on the team. Like we've yeah. already touched on on their situation, so we just gotta see how it plays out. But it's gonna be difficult. Like again, I would I was I was gonna say Brooklyn just to be the 10 seed, just because just to add drama to it, but but yeah, they're gonna be there. They'll be they're gonna be in that realm. Um it's also and then plus with, with Brooklyn too, they're always hurt. So we don't know. We don't that's why I also have them as as the bottom four. Of a of a of a playoff roster because again, like we said, all these teams have gotten better and have upgraded their their rosters. Not saying Brooklyn hasn't, but again, they're in a show and prove stage for me. So that's why I didn't want to mention them just yet. But Chicago will be there, Brooklyn will be there. As far as that weird last seed goes, I don't really know. I mean, when we when I look at when I look at the whole East, Charlotte ain't got no damn better. Like Lamelo's going to want to trade at some point, but he's going to have to take that Ricky extension regardless. The Knicks, the Knicks don't know what the hell they want to do either. Like I, I, I hate that roster of how it's built right now. They're going to. I'm going to say this about the Knicks. As much as as we like to see them succeed, I would, I would fairly say they're like a, a, a stepchild to 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 me as far as my my fandom to them. But they're going to be in a rebuild mode within the next two or three years. I'm going to just call it how I see it. I don't think Tiz will return after this year as the head coach. They're going to look to go in a different direction. And quiet as it's kept now, they're probably going to be one of those teams that go in full and take mode for Victor, uh, for, for Big Frenchie. I can't pronounce his last name as well as everybody else, but they're going to be in that Victor Wendanyama uh, sweepstakes. I probably said it right, probably said it wrong. I'll get it right as, as the season goes on. But yeah. – I can see them in rebuild mode. So for my last 10 spot, and I don't think this team will make the playoffs, but I'm just going to say them because they're going to be young and, and exciting. 
Man, I hope the Detroit Pistons take that 10 seed. All right. And again, I don't think they will win and I don't think they will slide into a top eight, but I like the direction they're going in with Cade Cunningham. I like the Jay Jay Nivey pick. The Bogdanovich trade was a good was a good pickup for them as far as having that veteran, that type of leadership who's been in playoffs and knows how to win games. Now he can show them the ropes and, and, and kind of teach them how, how to win. Now, of course, there's going to be growing pains and everything, but within the East, I feel like out of all those bad teams, they're the best out of them, if that makes sense. So I think that they'll find a way to, 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 to squeeze their way into that 10 seed. Mm. Okay. Well, we, we kind of got pretty much the same thing, so I'm going to run it off a little quick. I got the Celtics at one. I don't think the coaching would be that big of a difference. Just going off what I've seen in the preseason and how the team is jailed, and then they're only going to get more healthy going down the line. So I got the Bucks at two. They're missing Middleton for the first couple weeks, so I would have them at one, but Middleton will probably cost them a couple games. I got Philly at three. I got Cavs slash Miami at four or five, interchangeable to me. I got Brooklyn at six, Hawks at seven, Raptors at eight, Bulls at nine, and I wouldn't be surprised if they lose their playing game because, you know, the missing Lonzo Ball, sadly, I, I think with, with the knee problems he's having, I sadly think he'll become the new Sean Livingston sooner than you know sooner than later and it sucks to say but that's just it's just realistic they're they're unhealthy um i already talked about zach levine and how i feel so i don't know maybe they'll make a move to improve but just as the roster is constructed it's kind of hard and then 10 i have nick slash magic now both teams i heavily watched in preseason and I'm not falling for the magic hole little seven-foot lineup, but just as a team, that team is actually very good. Like, very like, good. Hey, man. Hey, man. You're not too far with the magic. I like the magic, man. I the, yeah. the, the, Keep going. Keep going. They're, they're very good. Um, France uh, Wagner is very good to me. And he's a 6'10". Man, he's a 6'10 shooting guard slash small forward. But he also handles the ball a lot, which helps Cole Anthony play off the ball. And Cole Anthony's really good at slashing and shooting. And then, you know, rarely when you tank do you get better quick. But they got better pretty quick, and they don't get the credit for it, especially with, you know, um, the Vucevic trade that landed them, Wendell Carter. He definitely has been an underrated player this last year and a half, and he continues to show that. So I just really like that team. And Mo Mamba. He he was pretty decent in the preseason. He didn't do too much, but you can tell his worth. Now with the Knicks, I will say this. They they aren't that good, but they play very, very hard. And that's going to beat a couple teams, especially when you're playing, you know, the bottom of the West, which we'll get to. They're going to sneak a lot of victories to me just, you know, based off playing hard. And I think they will be pretty bad on the road, but at home, with the Garden Rock and with Jalen Brunson at point guard and the way he's been playing, especially in the preseason, he's, you know, Thibodeau's played his lineup pretty deep in the preseason. Like, they were playing 30-plus minutes every single game. So to see them kind of jail, I'm not, like, 
I'm not down on them like a lot of people. So I got them at, you know, at the 10th spot along with the Magic. Now the Hornets, I will say this. It's the same way you thought. I forgot which team you just mentioned, but I think they will be going for victory. I think that at the trade deadline, we will see the combination of three players probably be traded, which is Gordon Hayward, uh, Oubre, and P.J. Washington. P.J. Washington didn't get the rookie extension. I mean, the writing's on the wall for him, for me. But same with Gordon. He's just unhealthy. He can't stay healthy. They, they've tried it. I think they'll go into tank mode and get some type of picks for him. I don't think they'll get heavy picks, but Gordon could at least, you know, help some type of playoff team, especially in a smaller role where he might not get injured. And then for Oubre, he's just stuck in a bad limbo. I think out of the three He'll probably – no, actually, P.J.'s a little younger. But for what he brings, I think he will uh, bring in a good pick or a good trade piece for them. So I see them getting rid of him. And then we know, like, Miles Bridges made a big step for the Hornets to even be as good as they were last year. And they still weren't that good, but his huge step made them better. And with losing him to, you know, what happened to him, I think they take a step back. Their roster did not get better. Um, James Booknight just got arrested yesterday. So it's like, it, that roster, I don't know what's going on over there. Um, Mitch Kupchak, he didn't – it's weird because at, at first he didn't start off with a super bad roster or he wasn't making bad moves. But now, you know, he's looking funny in the light again. It's the diamond tester. He's looking funny, man. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Terry Rozier will be gone, but – him and Lamelo seem to be that backcourt. I don't know, man. I would say if if teams if if Charlotte's really looking to unload and and be that and and tank for victory like like we're talking about, I think Terry yeah. Rozier is going to be the the most hot popular hot commodity out of those players to get traded because, like like we kind of said, we know he's going to be on the court more than than Gordon Hayward. Terry Rozier can hoop. He could definitely change change the game. We saw what he did with Boston in that run when they went to the conference finals that one year. So yeah. I think Terry Rozier would, would probably, if we're ranking players talking about who would other teams want first, then I think Terry will rank a lot higher than others. But I think also, too, Gordon Hayward would be right after that because he's someone you can get for the cheap. And like you said, I'm sure a playoff team would probably just ask him to be that, like a third option or someone who may come off the bench depending on your different depth. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what the asking price is for those two players. And then also, too, man, because this has been on my mind earlier today after I saw the James Booknight news. Jordan is really running like a juvenile center over there, dude. Like, man. all these players, man, like, they just run around and do whatever the hell they want. Like, before, before Trey signed with Philly, of course, he was part of the, the Hornets, got arrested for, for having weed in his car, whatever. We see LaMelo smoking on, on, on video. You got the whole Miles Bridges domestic violence situation. This was James Booknight. Like, who's going to be the grown-up in, in that organization and, and and do something about this? That's what I want to know. But it really looks like Jordan's just like, man, fuck them kids. Man, that's, that's, that's what's weird about it, and that's why I have them so low. I know it's going to be shocking, but because they do have a good roster. I mean, they do have good players. Not a, not a full roster. They have good players. But it's just too much going on over there, so I can't put no stock in them. Now, for the Pistons, yes, they've improved, but this isn't the West, man. Like, 
though we want to make want to see them, you know, do some good things. The East is tough. So if we're looking at it, because usually in the East, I mean, in your conference, you play a team three, four times. I don't really see them winning, you know, two out of the four times against most of these teams, but the bottom feeders. Like, of course, they're they're, they probably, you know, they probably could get two on the Knicks, two on the Magic, two on the Wizards. Maybe they definitely get two on the Wizards. Yeah, three on the Wizards are just trash. Yeah, three on the Hornets. Like that, you see what I'm saying? It's it's not gonna be yeah, enough. Nah, I get you. It's not gonna be enough wins to get them there, but they'll be fun to watch. Now for the Wizards, like you said, completely trash. Rui's not even starting. I don't know what's going on over there. I he think didn't that's get another the extension. I was ex- I, yeah. I was shocked that he didn't get the extension. Yeah, he. The thing is, that's gonna be another fire sale team, and they have a lot of pieces to offload. And they really a whole could. Lot. So, I think I think they'll tank as well. And oh, man, like Bradley Bill is in the same category as Zach Levine, <laughs> and I, I I don't want this to be something where I'm just you know I'm just saying, but he's another guy where it seems like we've seen his his maximum, we've seen his limit, and that doesn't make you a bad player. We've just seen the limit, so. I was watching, you know, in the preseason and just his movement and, you know, where how the how the plays were ran. It just seems like he's not fully engaged, like he's just there and he has to be there. He just signed that big money deal. So, of course, he's going to have some nights, but I'm telling you, bro, it was like he was just on the court. He was just another guy like him and Kuzma just. They just look like, ugh. Like, I was just disgusted with them. But it's preseason, so hopefully they don't show that in the regular season. But losing KCP was big. That trade, Monty Morris, Monte Morris, however you say, he's good, but he's not what they needed. He's not starting point guard good. And I'm not not saying that he's not worthy of that, but we just in his team role and the role we've seen him succeed and thrive in, I like him better coming off the bench than being your starter. Yeah, he's like a spark. I don't see – and that was another thing. He he didn't show enough, man. It was just – like, especially in preseason when when you're – when you get traded or you sign a big contract, like, yeah, same way – it's the same way the Lakers getting super critiqued. Like, you got to kind of show something. And you kind of just explained it exactly what I was thinking, but I couldn't say it either. He's just not a starting point guard. That's what it is. And it is what it is at that point. Like, I don't know. So they'll be tanking heavy. I, I'm over them. Uh, I know you hate Porzingis, but he could be a good trade uh, for somebody. I don't, I don't hate Porzingis, <laughs> all right? I don't hate Porzingis. I just, I just saw the writing on the wall like Mark Cuban did. That's all. That's all I was saying. All right? That, that, oh, that's you know it. what? That's all. I forgot. I forgot with the Pistons. Listen, I'm here. I'm standing now. Killian Hayes got better. They're going to stop talking about that young man. He got way better. <laughs> I'm telling you, he got way better. He's he, saw them t- hey, he saw the Twitter feed and the IG comments. Yeah, and, and it looks like he's been putting the work and people forget how young he is. I mean, I understand it. Trolling's trolling or, you know, shit talking, shit talking. But, you know, some guys, like, not everybody's a superstar. They're not going to develop in, in one summer, so... 
for him to have this whole summer and see what he's done, he came back. I think the second to last preseason game, he hit like five or seven from the three-point line and was really knocking him down. It could, it might've been like four, but the point is he looks like a better shooter. He definitely looks way more confident. And that's going to be, you know, major for the Pistons. Like I said, I don't really, I can't call it because it's hard. The East is very hard. But if he somehow is able not to be like, you know, a 15-point game, six-man, but if he's able to be that spark, they could be way better than people expect. And a lot of people are down on him, so he doesn't look like the guy that everybody's excited for to watch with the Pistons. So if he's able to come in and be that spark, man, that team is going to be very good. Nah, for sure, man, because we we know why Jay Ivey got drafted, and that's because and eventually he's going to take that spot of Killian Hayes. So if Killian Hayes, like you said, could be someone to average thirteen off the bench, that's solid, man. You 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 you've done your job and you have a role in this league somewhere. So again, just good luck to him. I hope he has success on the court because NBA Twitter was dogging his ass last year, man. Like man, that's a bullet. <laughs> To save his life. And then league pass is so cheap this year. He's going to have even more eyes on him. So he better step up. <laughs> yeah, gotta man. Step up. Now this hey, West, to, man. <laughs> hey, just real quick. Shout out to league pass for going so cheap because I hate the game time app. And they needed to do something for like compensation. Man, And then it's so much. Like if, if you've had it last year, you know, just in the preseason, bro, it was so much quicker. And it's kind of. Way like usually you could have been on ESPN looking at the box score, and the the damn um league pass would still be at least damn near a minute behind. So it's so much closer to time. It's faster than ESPN, so you don't have to be looking at ESPN. It's just it's better overall. That was a major move by the NBA and 2K. That was that was good. Good marketing, everything. Like the league pass is gonna be great this year for sure. Yeah, it was definitely needed. That upgrade was was long overdue. Yeah, but we got the West. We'll get to our Lakers when 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 we say you know our rankings. But just to fire off, Golden State at one. It pains me to say this, but Denver at two. Roster is a little better. Jamal Murray's back. Y'all MVP Jokic is still there doing his thing. I, I was I was waiting for you to to do this. I was waiting. <laughs> so. You know, there'll so, be a two. Let, let me ask you this quick question before you move on to number three. If, if, if Jokic finally gets his team into a, a, a the two seed, let's say they finish in the top three. Mm-hmm. And let's say the numbers kind of mirror each other, not 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 too slightly off. Does does he deserve this MVP with the team that he has being second ranked? Depends how the rest of the league looks. But if if it's the same, like, fight, yes, of course. I won't argue it. But my problem is, and we'll get to this too later, but I, I just can't I can't crown a dude an MVP when I know he ain't gonna make the conference finals. Like I just it just it pains me. But I understand no, I feel it. you. I feel I you. understand it, but it's just like when you can see the future of a team, same with you know, we've seen the Suns breaking down. When you can just see the future, it's like I'm not about to highly praise you. So we just basically praising regular season warriors. Like I just can't do it, man. So but yes, he'll deserve it, and I'll I'll come on here and you know be as humble as thou. He'll deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> At number three, 
I got the Inglewood Clippers. Um, this roster is too deep to fail. I'll say that right now. So yep. for me, their championship or bust. This roster is too deep to fail. I don't care who gets out. Let's say Paul George is going for 15 games. The roster is too deep to fail. I'll say it a million times. So that's no why I have them at three. And they, like, they have a good coaching staff. This team is super stacked. Defensive-wise, this is a good overall roster. There's only maybe two guys that can't really play defense, which is Luke and uh, Marcus Morris. But everybody else could stay in front of their man. So they shouldn't have much trouble there. So if you can defend and you can get out on the break, you're pretty much always going to be a good team. So I have them at three. Memphis at four. Dallas at five. Minnesota at six. Lakers at seven. Yes, I'm being realistic. Surprising, I know. Uh, Pelicans at eight. Suns at nine. And Portland at ten. Now, the three bottom feeders, Pelicans, Suns, Portland. I'm not putting stock into the Pelicans until they're healthy. I understand the height, but we got to start being real. No stock into teams until they're healthy. Same with Clippers. It's just the Clippers are too deep. <laughs> I know I just said that <laughs> ten times, but it's just facts. They're too deep. So, other than that, that's what that is. The Suns, we, you know, we just went on a monologue about them, so y'all know why I got them there. Portland got a little better, but not good enough. The West isn't super hard, so I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow sneak above the Suns or the Pelicans or take advantage of whoever's injured. But they're not good enough. Sorry. So that's my 10. Um, yeah, that's my 10. Yeah, man, we pretty much got the the, the same 10, just in a little bit of different order. order. Um, but I just said number one, got the Golden State Warriors, put them up there as my number one team also. At number two, I actually went with the I went with the Dallas Mavericks. Why did I go with Dallas Mavericks? Damn. And 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 this is and the reason why I'm saying this, and it will lead into this conversation. I think Luca has finally figured it out. And from the standpoint of being ready from the jump from game one to game 82, you've got a few pieces in that's gonna help them defensively as far as a JaVel McGee. Christian Wood coming off the bench is is, is an upgrade. Tim Hardaway Jr., I like how he looks with, with Luca out there on the court. And then also, too, just with no Jalen Brunson, it's almost a addition by subtraction only because Luca's going to have the ball in his hands a little bit more and a few more possessions. So I but what about Tim Hardaway? Is it, I, my it, bad, but I feel no, like he's good. trigger happy. It, it, it scares me. It's it's one of those things, man. Shoot or shoot. Shoot or shoot, okay. man. You can't. Yep. You can't tell him. You can't tell him to pull back because if he has one of those games where he knocks down five, six threes, it's like, oh, okay. But he's gonna have a bad game where he goes two for eight or <laughs> or three or three for eleven. What you gonna tell him then? Just nah, bro. You got you got to chill. You just got he got to find that medium and a balance. And I think J Kid, I like J Kid with this roster, and I think he, I, I don't want to use the word control, but he's gonna put an onus on on Tim Hardaway Jr. where he's gonna give him that lead way. But then he also is going to know when to when to pull him back, also too. So where he is shooting is not hurting the team. So is he off the bench or starting? So this is, I think he starts event. I think he starts the season, but eventually I think he gets moved to the bench only because you need that 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 scoring punch to go with a Christian Wood. Especially for me, I like when you have a guard and a big or like that yeah. that that forward who can 
who you can have a tandem with off the bench because a lot of teams don't have that in the NBA. If you can find a way to create that, especially with those two right there, uh, a lot of points can be put up off the bench with those two alone where you, where Luca actually can afford to rest. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you had two right now. At two, at number three, um, where we are, I got I got the different nuggets. I got the nuggets at three. Like we said, Jamal Murray's back, Michael Porter uh Jr.'s back. They get a little bit more healthier. They get KCP back, who's I I think KCP is, honestly is is underappreciated for what he can provide to a team. So, and as far as defense, spacing, three-point shooting, he's been on the championship team. He's been in playoff games now under his belt. So and he's also going to play smarter than Will Barton. And I like Will Barton, but for that team, he fits a role where, where they need him. And plus two, I'm going to say this right now, y'all better watch out for Bones Highland. Bones Highland is going to be someone you got to watch out for as far as either in the most improved conversation or that, that six-man conversation. And a lot of his success I'm, 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 is the reason why I'm choosing Denver to be a, a, a third seed. And plus, they're going to need home court advantage if they want to get out of the first round or any type of succeed, uh, success in the playoffs. So they're one of those teams who's going to need the home court advantage. So that's why I got them as a, a three seed. Um, at number four, I got the I got actually the the LA Clippers. Like you already said, the the roster's deep from top to bottom. Um, I'm excited to see Kawhi back. I'm excited to see John Wall back a little bit more personally, only because y'all tried to doubt him. And now all of a sudden, everybody want to join that bandwagon again. So just keep the same energy, man. I hope he goes out there and balls out. Um, let me see. At number five, I got Memphis. They're going to be a little slow coming out the gate without Jaron Jackson Jr., not on the offensive side, but more defensively, just because of what he can do and how much ground he can cover and the positions he can guard. That's going to be interesting to see how that that fills out. But but I think Brandon Clark slides into that position a little bit. Um, the transition for him will be will will be fine. I like Brandon Clark with the energy he provides and the rebounding that um, he gives you. They're they're going to be fine. But I think it's going to be a little bit slow before Memphis starts to hit their stride. Um, at number six, I got the Pelicans, and I'm more basing that off of Brandon Ingram's play than Zion Williamson. Now, hopefully, Zion Williamson plays. 65 plus regular season games because I do believe that they'll sit him out, low manage him from time to time. But you gotta let him play, man. Hopefully they just let him play, ball out. But I think I think Ingram takes that leap where we kind of saw with Jason Tatum, and I'm not saying where he's gonna lead his team to uh, a conference finals or a championship. But I think Brandon Ingram is definitely is poised for an All Star season, and. I won't be surprised if, if if he gets mentioned in the all league, in the all NBA conversation. That's that's how much um, confidence I got, my man Bi. Um, at seven, finally got the purple and gold, like you said, man. With with this roster as it is right now, I got them at number seven. Of course, I believe in Darvin Ham. I went a lot of this is based off AD staying healthy, but I like our chances with everyone staying healthy. Of course, um, at the AC, I actually do have Minnesota. I think it's going to be a little bit – it's going to be difficult for them in the beginning to figure out how to guard or how to play with Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and Ant-Man all on the same court together because your spacing's not going to be there. So that means Anthony Edwards has to be a knockdown shooter. Yes, you can bring Cat out, but for only so much because then after a while, teams are still going to just 
being able to take away driving lanes that are going to that opens up those shots for uh, for Carl Anthony Towns. And also, too, we've seen teams go small and pick on Rudy Gobert when the time counts. So I, I got them at that eight seed. Um, as far as the nine and tens go, um, we kind of mentioned it with the Portland Trailblazers and, and Phoenix Suns. I definitely think the Jay Crowder impact as far as having that veteran leadership and just what he does for a team. He's the he has, he's that annoying factor of a team. He's going to be annoying. He's going to he wants to be that super villain of the team and. Who really wants to take all that role on Phoenix? It's not Chris Paul. It's not Devin Booker. DeAndre Aiden doesn't really fit that that mold. So it's it's going to be interesting to see who 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 steps into that role, and they're also too as well. Like we talked about, Chris Paul's getting older. The relationship and the factors between DeAndre Aiden and Monty Williams. I think that that really matters. And then also too with um in Portland, I think we do see um Damian Lillard bounce back. We he reminds us of a Dame that he is. But his team is so young, and and also just Portland. And this is just me personally. I've said this before. I've stated this on the podcast. I think Portland is just a bad luck franchise. Like if we look at the history of from their draft picks to the injuries they've had, they're young. They're going to be exciting to watch, but they're also going to have injuries along the way, like they always do. Hopefully, they're not season long injuries or catastrophic injuries. That's really going to hurt the team. But I think that they can definitely sneak into that playing playing around and then also too sneak a game in on somebody. So with Dane, we seen his clutch factor. We ain't gotta doubt it or question it. So you just gotta put him in that dance and and he'll he he'll figure out a way to get his team up out of it. So that's that's who I got to round out my top ten. Yeah, man, it's 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 gonna be interesting, but I, I kinda have a I have a gripe with the NBA, man. Like, I understand Victor is a very, very, very good talent. But when you really look at, you know, what's going on, there's no reason that the NBA should have damn near 10, maybe, you know, 9, 10 teams tanking at the same time. Come like, on that's, now. That's just bad, bro. Like, when, when we were doing this list, it's like after about eight on each side, it's like the rest of these niggas could tank low-key. Like, we just don't know, and that's nasty, bro. Like, that's – I know Adam's been fixing it little by little, and now – He's you know, trying, he, man. He's yeah, trying. he's trying, but, like, the integrity got to come back. Like, I want them – Oh, of course, they were bad takes, but I want that old, you know, video of Carlos Boozer in, in fucking 03 when he was like, we don't need LeBron. Like, I need that type of energy because I'm not going to sit here, and, of course, I'm still going to do it, but – I don't want to just sit here and watch basketball where Zion and CJ McCollum don't play because load management, even though we know they're fucking tank. Like, let's just say, you know, with the Wizards, Bradley Bill sits out. And he just got 240 million. Like, I'm cool on that type of stuff. Tanking, obviously, is needed for certain teams, but it should be, I mean, it, it, I'm going to sound like Bill Simmons or something, but it should be a limit of years you can tank, bro. <laughs> like, no, nah, I feel no you, reason. man. There's no reason the Thunder is still in tank mode. Like, the, the Magic thun- have gotten better. Dog. The, the Thunder Sixers, has. Like, come on, bro. They've lost. The Thunder has lost so much talent. And, of course, it's Oklahoma City. One day they'll realize maybe y'all should ship that team to Seattle or something where you got a better fan base. Go back to Seattle or Vegas, whatever. But, bro, like, Sam Presti is not getting no more credit over here. I'm, I'm going to keep it a band. After that trade with the Rockets, 
where they where the Rockets and the Thunder about two weeks ago just traded three players each, and all of them got cut. What are we doing? Like, Yo, man, that, 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 that shit was so nasty. Oh God, that was man. honestly the most pointless trade in NBA history to the point where everybody who saw that trade just commented and it was just like, what the fuck? Like, why did y'all even report this? Like, and like, I, I when have we seen a like trade that. where everybody gets cut at the end of preseason? That, that's never happened. That's so yeah, nasty, man. bro. Six hey, players? Honestly, hey. Hey, I'm being dead ass honest when I say this. Teams got to start getting relegated. Fuck that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, there's there's no way. Like, we just and we just saw a team from Australia beat the Phoenix Suns. I don't care what y'all say if it was preseason or not. We just saw a team from another country just come over to US soil and put up 134 points on an NBA roster. If that's possible, I'm sure a team from Europe can go in here and beat OKC on any given night. And they won't sit here and fucking tank. Because like you said, the integrity of the game, what does that teach the, the younger ones that's watching the game? Or what does that even that show to the players who are playing for this team? Because other teams are, and, and other representatives are sitting back and watching and being like, they don't even care about what this player can truly do because we know they're in full losing mode. So why would I be interested in a player who's going out there and essentially playing to lose? Yes, that's not his job, but that's pretty much his job description based on how OKC has everything set up. Exactly. And then what, what's, what's pissing me off, too, is we're letting veterans rot on these teams. Like, that got to be fixed, too. At the end of the day, the NBA is going to be fun to watch. But we got we to gotta fix that. Like, in some way, some form, in the new CBA, owners got to step up. Same way the players been getting everything they want, the owners got to get what they want because you're not going to put no butts in the seat like that. Like, the Wizards tickets are $7. Like, come on, bro. How are you making yeah. money? Come on, now. L.A. Sparks tickets are more than that. Yeah, so, I don't know. That that, that got to go. But we got games tomorrow. You you want to do a prediction? Who you got winning? Opening night? Man, why not, man? Let's do it. So, opening night is... Is is to, is tomorrow slash today? We'll just call it. It is today. By the time y'all get this, it is today. So we got Philly and Boston going at it in Boston as the first game, and then as as our main event, we got the ring ceremony going on with with the Lakers and the, and the Golden State Warriors. So I'm gonna just come out and say, it, man, I think I think in that first game with no Robert Williams being out there, I think we see a dominant Joel Embiid. I think Joel Embiid comes out dominant. I think James Harden looks better. We're going to see him in better shape. Even from the preseason, he already looks like he's in better shape. He's already built like a fucking middle linebacker, but he actually looks like he cares again. So, and then also, too, I love the way Tyrese Maxey's been playing in the preseason. However, I still got Boston winning this first game only because of, of, of just what Boston can present with, with Tatum, Jalen Brown. I'm interested. I'm really want to see what Malcolm Brogdon looks like with this team, as far as him being that that point guard out there, the real floor general. And then you kind of put Marcus Smart in his natural off guard position. So it's gonna be cool to watch Boston and see how they figure things out along the way. And then the second game, I don't care. I don't care who the Lakers are getting, man. Y'all know who I'm rocking with. Purple go all the way. It, it, it really don't matter. Like I said, I'm a I'm gonna pick the Lakers. I'm going to stand on it 10 toes. I'm going to die on that hill. No matter if we win or not, I don't care who we going against. It's always late, late show over here. 
I hope Pat Bev get his a, a couple people's faces. Kind of like you said earlier, man, we didn't even get it, get in Jordan Poole's face. Somebody got to agitate Draymond, get him up out of the game, man. But I think even even for myself, I think Golden State, with it being ring ring ceremony, they might get a little caught off guard, and I think they may take take a, take the Lakers a little lightly more than more than what they expect. So, give me Boston over over Philly in a close game, and then also give me the Lakers. I'll say the Lakers by by five. Okay. And what's crazy about that Laker game, I'm going to start there, is Steve Kerr has kind of mentioned that they won't play – the starters won't play 30-plus minutes because of conditioning. So, I don't know what's going on over there. How are they not conditioned when it's regular season now? So, that's that's kind of weird. So, give me the Lakers, too. Obviously, there's a little bit of bias, but that alone, if you're not conditioned and you don't expect to play 30-plus minutes, it doesn't sound like – you know, this is an important game like we thought it was because Draymond should have been suspended, but clearly he wasn't. So it looked like this was an important game to him. But after that, I'm not rocking with that. Give me the Lakers. Celtic Sixers is so hard to call on so many fronts. Um, I don't really know how the Sixers are going to guard Boston's offense. Um, Whoever James Harden is guarding this. See, there's the thing. James Harden is going to show me a lot in the first 10 games. He took a pay cut, but that does not mean his talent gets better. So if he's moving laterally, he lost all that weight. If he's moving laterally and he's somehow engaged on defense, just give me like the Devin Booker effort. You ain't got to be great on defense, but just give me the effort. So if he's doing that, Philly could be very dangerous. Maxie has looked amazing in preseason. Amazing. And then, you know, we never know what Embiid, he comes in unhealthy and then gets better, like, within the first 20 games. So I don't know if we're getting a healthy Embiid or we're getting the a little bit overweight, a little bit lazy Embiid. So I think I got to go with the safe bet. Boston at home, game one. Uh, I see, I see Jalen Brown giving us 25 and Tatum around 28 to 30. That's That's my opening day. Thoughts. Now, Lakers yeah. Clippers. <laughs> Give me the Lakers. <laughs> Fuck them. Give me the Lakers. Hey man, we don't like them. We don't like the Clippers off sixty third. Man, we've been saying that from day one. So you already man. know who we rock with, regardless. That's a fact, man. They we got to take them. I don't care. Good luck, Clippers. Yep, Godspeed. But just real quick before we close out, man, let's. Let's 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 get into our, our preseason awards, man. Let's let's talk about who we think will be our award winners. All right. So um sixth man. I'm starting there because you kind of already mentioned him. I kind of got bones as as the sixth man of the year. Um oh, it's, it's man. A, it's a little bit of a hot take, but he he has everything set up for him to win six man this will be a top three top top four team easily um jamal murray will still probably you know sit out a couple games and not play too many minutes and he already looked good last year but you know with more experience you get better and i've watched him he puts in the work so give me him at six man give me i think mb gets it finally give mb the mvp fuck it Coach of the year, this is where it gets hard. 
Nate McMillan would be somehow involved in that. I think the Hawks would be good enough. But <sighs> give me Mike uh, Boothauser, however you say his last name, for the Bucks. I'll just go with the safe bet. He'll he'll take that. <laughs> He's always in a running somehow. Yeah, he'll take that. Or maybe even um maybe even freaking Steve Kerr, yuck, or Tyloo. But I'll go with Mike. <laughs> Defensive player of the year is too hard to call, so I'm gonna leave that blank because I was gonna have Jaron Jackson pretty high up there. But if we're talking healthy. I can see Paul George maybe still in that. Because the Clippers are going to win some awards if they're healthy. So, maybe Paul George. Um, Did I name them all? Oh, most improved. Ooh, this is where it gets hard because I can see the storyline of somehow Brunson being involved because he will go from, like, a, a third option to, you know, the star of the franchise. Maybe the Knicks do just enough to get to the playoffs. So I can see him involved. I can see Bones involved if he doesn't win six man. And I don't – you know what? I'm sorry. Defensive player of the year, give that to AD. I'm giving that to AD. But most improved, I'll go just safe bets as Bones and maybe Jalen Brunson. And then champions, I want to say Boston. Uh, the coach situation kind of scares me to say that, but Boston has all the right tools to make it. Their roster got better. They got the experience. Um, you know, the Bucks didn't get better. They, they're kind of just the same Bucks, but you can beat them clearly. And then Brooklyn, I'm not giving Brooklyn or the Clippers credit until they show us what they are healthy. So safe bet, give me – Give me the Celtics Warriors rematch with the Celtics getting over that hump. I like that. I like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a, the NBA's finals rematch to myself. I it, it could definitely shape up that way for sure. But but yeah, man. Um, just to start off with a few awards. Oh yeah, you forgot uh, rookie of the year. You got anybody for rookie of the year? Oh oh. After the preseason, Paulo is running away with that. Very easily. Dog. You hear me say it now. <laughs> Dog. That, that talent right there, salute to the, like I that's why I'm so high on the magic. They have real talent over there. And with with Wagner being very good, with Cole being who he is, with Wendell being able to space it out just enough, that team is gonna make it so easy for Paulo to win. I'm telling you now, I don't see no like Jaden Ivey. There's a couple problems I have with him winning is he fouls too much, so I could see him, you know, being on the bench a lot. He fouls way too much. And he doesn't – like, he's a good talent, but he doesn't – it's preseason, though. So, this is based on preseason. He doesn't quite look like he automatically just fits. And then we have so much on Cade. I don't know where Jalen gets, you know, enough to win rookie of the year when Paulo's way more involved and – He's he's doing everything, rebounding, shooting, assisting, attacking. Like he was doing so much in the preseason. I was in awe, like, damn, am I a magic fan on the low? Like how everyone loves the Pistons, I low-key love the magic. And it, it, I hey, promise man. it has nothing to do with that bowl bowl seven-two lineup. I don't even like that shit. I like the four guys I keep naming, which is Wendell, Paulo, Cole Anthony, and and, and Wagner. Like, 
that those four right there are all underrated players. They that's gonna be a team where they're working under the radar, but they're just they're good enough to be talked about. So give me Paulo. Yeah, I'm going with Paulo. Hey, I'm gonna just say this now before I get into my my picks, the award picks. You definitely persuade me as far as choosing the Magic to take a 10 spot over the Pistons. Only because, man, like, this team is really going to be exciting to watch. Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't think people realize that. And we've been driving this Cole Anthony bandwagon for for quite some time now since he's gotten to the league. And he's only gotten better. We've seen him hit game-winning shots for his team. He's now surrounded by better talent. So that means he's only going to get better from that. So, yeah, he puts but, in that work. He puts in that yeah, work. Yeah, man. No, nah, that's a fact for sure. But, um, yeah, just to start with, with that rookie of the year, um, there's definitely some good rookies that's been out there. I would say uh, Paolo's definitely going to get it because the Magic are going to be entertaining. They're going to win games. And then also, too, a, a dark horse name I'm going to throw out there who's been putting up numbers, Ben Matherin out of Indiana, man. He mm-hmm. won't get as many votes because he's stuck in Indiana. But if you all get a chance to watch him, man, since Summer League, so now in the preseason, which is against better competition, he's been the most consistent player after Paolo, I would argue. So All I'm doing is nodding, man. You say it like, that boy's been hooping, bro. And it's and, off the bench. He ain't started. Off the, off the bench. bench. Yep. So he's going to be cold, man. Ben Mather's going to get cold. Eventually, Indiana knows they're going to be in tank mode and they're going to get rid of, of, of Buddy Hill and Miles Turner. And I'm sure they're not going to be to the Lakers. Most likely, it's going to be to some random ass team where they're going to ask for three second round picks, but that's neither here or there. We'll address that situation <laughs> when it gets here. But until, until Ben Mapping gets a starting spot, he will put up numbers in the limited role that he has. So can't wait to see that. Um, for, for six men, I know I said bone tiling, he's going to be in that running, but the way that it's starting out right now, especially with, the Clippers naming Reggie Jackson as their I knew starting it. point guard. I knew you was going there. Hey. <laughs> oh yeah, you hey five all baby. I, I got I got John Wall taking the six man award, man. I think he can get it done. I watched that game against um who was the Timberwolves. He put up twenty off the bench, and like we said before, there ain't gonna be too many guards coming off the bench that can compete with an all star caliber player who still has that athleticism and burst to pretty much get to where he wants on the court. And he's and his jump shot is way more improved than what he's been at what he's had in Washington. So I got I got John Wall winning that award, and then for the most improved, I'll I, um, I'll take Bones Highland. I think Bones Highland would uh would win that award as far as most improved. Like we said, he's gonna have more opportunities with the ball in his hands. With Denver getting rid of Will Barton and Monte Morris, they're pretty much saying like, hey, you're you're gonna be a leader of this second unit now. So. Let's, they, they put the ball in his hands. They're going to let him rock. So I can't wait to see it. Um, as far as defensive player of the year goes, um, there's, there's three, three names I'm going to throw out there. Three names in particular. I got AD in the running just because I know he wants his lick back for not winning back in 2020. Um, somebody he's familiar with and, and Giannis. Always got to put Giannis in the running, man, for that category only because He's one of the few players that we can count on our, on our hands who can shut down all positions on the court. I'm not saying center through guard because there is no center, centers and guards really much nowadays. He could just guard every position out there on the court with no help, no problem at all. So he's in there. And then also, too, I'm going to throw in Bam Adebayo. And the reason why I'm going to throw in Bam Adebayo is because for some reason why 
the media loves to really put Miami on this pedestal where he's going to get more votes than what he deserves. Now, I'm not saying he's not a good defender, not taking away from him at that at all. But it seems like a lot of people, it's they want Miami to, to succeed and they're going to do as much as they can with Miami to, 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 to put them up there. So I think Bam will, will have some votes and he'll get some, some love out there. But I think it's going to come down to Giannis and AD. Um, if AD can stay healthy, his defense is going to translate into more Laker wins. So I can see him winning that award. Um, let's see. For Coach of the Year, um, I got I, I'll, I'll choose two candidates right now. The, the one I would choose out the East will be um, J.D. Bickerstaff. I think he takes another step with this Cleveland team, and they will actually get into the playoffs. As we said, we see them as a, as a top four or five seed in our rankings. And then also two out the West. I got Willie Green, man. I think Willie Green takes another step with this um, New Orleans team. Again, if we see them finish in the top six, I think he definitely gets that, that award, especially if Zion doesn't stay healthy or play 60-plus play games. And they still get into that into that top six. You definitely gotta give them that that, that uh, not MVP. I'm sorry, but gotta give them the coach of the year award. And let's see from my MVP again, man. I'm a I'm a I'm gonna go with Luka Doncic, man. And the reason why I'm gonna go with Luka, and and this is and this is just me. I don't know how many people really notice this. The NBA is really starting to push their foreign players a lot. And that mm-hmm. means the media, the media is going to be persuaded into doing that. Let's think about it now. The last three MVP winners are all of them foreign-born players, from Giannis to Jokic back to back. I wouldn't be surprised the way how Luca took his team to the conference finals. If he has them in that top five again, it's going to be hard. As I don't see a lot of people saying no to Luca as far as that MVP. Now, I would love to see Joel Embiid win because he should have won it last year for damn sure especially with all the turmoil that he had to deal with in Philly. But, again, I just see the votes just being more persuaded towards that loop away. And that's that's really where I got Embiid. Because, like you said, the media persuade. They love storylines. Embiid got robbed. Um, the drama, how do they bounce back? All of that is going to factor in when it should just be, you know, team success, your success and all that but it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of the storyline and that's like Luca is my MVP at heart but just going based off what I probably see happening he's not gonna have enough of a storyline because he's not really in drama he's it's not really like the Mavericks since Jason Kidd has got there which is good they have not been like a drama team where it's like you know there's no storyline behind them it's literally just oh they're uh, Luca needs help. That's the only storyline they ever have. So now that he has the help, I think it hinders his votes more than it helps from last year. Because, like I said, they love storylines. So for a guy to have help, they're, he's not going to get the credit the same way Embiid didn't get his credit last year. They're gonna they're gonna look to you know those guys, even though everyone has help this year. They're gonna look for the storyline more than the talent and you know the team success. So. I don't know. I got Luca at heart. It's just hard to to pick him. Now I feel you, man. And everything you said, it, it makes complete sense. So I, I can totally get that, and I understand that's uh, that side of things too. So, but but yeah, like you said, and Dallas has been like that feel good story, especially with them over succeeding 
Um, but we can definitely say off last year's success too. So it's 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 definitely gonna be interesting, man. Like we said, it's it's wide open across the league as far as who can win MVP, especially at the start of every year with the Giannis, Jason Tatum's and B, Jokic's name is gonna be thrown in there. So it's I I, it's, I think we are geared in for another fun, exciting season that that's ahead of us, man. Again. We know injuries are a part of the season, so hopefully we don't see anybody have too many season one team or any players having season-ending injuries. Man, we just want to see good good basketball being played out there, good clean basketball being played out there. You know, just for, for our entertainment purposes, for something for, for us to talk to, talk to about to y'all, man. And I'm excited, man. Uh, I'm always excited at this time of year. I feel like this is the first day of school. I can't wait. NBA man. Twitter, y'all get y'all get on my damn nerves, but it's good to be back with y'all, man. I can't wait to to, to shoot the shit and 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 he and, and see all crazy takes that y'all got to come up with, man. So, man, I'm bringing my laptop to practice, like man. <laughs> hey, it is what hey, it man, is. I'm, I'm I'm making sure we we start practice on time and we end on time, so I can get to these games, all right? Because I definitely got to catch that. I got to catch that pregame, man. And and shout out to the inside the NBA while we still here. Really quick, man, for signing that 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 um what was it the the year extension or however long it was for them to stick around inside the NBA because honestly they they tell the story of the NBA what goes on and those dudes are a part of our basketball families as much as our teams are so it's good to always have to have those guys back from EJ to to, to Kenny DeJet to to Shaq and Charles crazy asses and half the time they don't be watching the games but. Just for the entertainment purposes, I'll take it, man. So, so shout out to them, man. We're back. Let's 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 hope for another great, successful season. Hopefully, no COVID outbreaks happen where we got to put the season to a halt because we've literally seen that happen now. So, we just want to play this season out from game one to the end, from October to June, man. And everything else that happens in between will take care of itself. Yes, sir, man. Salute to y'all rocking with us. Like. Share, comment, do all that, man. We appreciate y'all, for real. Yes, sir, man. Before we get on out here, like we said, we want to close the show out by, as we always say, man, we want to protect, support our Black women out here. We want to continue to, to push the youth in the right direction out here. And Luke Foe, you got anything you want to say to the people before we close out? We out of here. Yes, sir. Let's go, Lakers. Peace. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page, BNL underscore podcast.